0: Based on BYUSN, Cougar Hoops get another Big 12 win after holding off a furious rally from Kansas State. We'll discuss the win and are we at all concerned with the way BYU is winning games? Former Cougar standout Jonathan Tavernari, JT for three back in studio, is he happy with where BYU currently stands?
1: And do the Cougs have to go 2-0 this week? Andy Reid and the Chiefs win their third Super Bowl in five years, what's Andy's legacy now? And we'll preview the BYU baseball season, which starts this week with head coach Trent Pratt and Cooper Vest. Welcome to BYU Sports Station, presented by the BYU Store, official
0: outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, February 12th. I am Spencer Linton. He is a man who appreciates a good Cleveland Browns quarterback, Jerem Jordan.
1: Yeah, so Joe Flacco was in the house. Um, apparently it was with Austin Collie and Dennis and hanging out. So that, that was awesome. Like we got wind of this early and we're, we're like, whoa, Joe Flacco's going to come to the game, which is pretty cool. We'll play a little soundbite. You talk to Joe and, and Dennis and Austin later. Um, but it was an eventful game, obviously, the game itself. Joe Flack was there, NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Lucy, the 7-year-old, is nailing the anthem. She's awesome. That was incredible. And then uh, Beckham Bramwell destroyed a, a cougar tail, this 11-year-old kid. <laughs> so there was a lot going on at the Kansas State game, which is, which is fun.
0: Hey, BYU won social media in a few ways over the weekend. Yep,
1: viral video that kind of in the league of The Rock, which was super cool. Getting after it, so it was, it was a great day. And I think there was a basketball game played as well. Yeah,
0: there is, was. Which is interesting. It's another Cougar winner. And it's either how, a
1: Devo or a basketball game in there.
0: How about Joe Flacco telling me, I've got a cousin that goes to BYU. Yeah, how about that? And I was like, what? Apparently, his name is Vinny. Like, we need to confirm this, but...
1: It's, he's probably the only Vinny. Vinny Flacco. Flacco? Like, okay. Well, who knows if it's Flacco.
2: It but. says...
0: You know, New Jersey to Utah, BYU, in his Instagram profile. But we'll confirm that. And then here's the picture. <laughs> a Vinny
1: from New Jersey. Shocking.
0: <laughs> here's the picture of Austin and Joe and Dennis. Yeah, I believe cool. they're watching their NFL Heights because they, Austin and Dennis, they wanted to surprise Joe. Like they're like, hell, let's go to the game, whatever. It'll be low key. You know, and, they, and then, and then and they, they played like this big yeah. video montage <laughs> and they embarrassed him. And uh, they got that's a pretty fun. good kick out of that. Those so. guys are a good Hank. Oh, absolutely. Late, yeah. Absolutely. What a great weekend. On that note, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
3: The lob from Khalifa to Noah. Noah waits. Call one And they do. Can Kansas State quiet, but Paluma walks the tightrope up and under?
1: Paul up high to Robinson. Pull, fire,
3: yes! scores! For three, Jackson
0: Robinson! What a massive. Three-point shot by Jackson Robinson. BYU needed a hero in that moment, and he stepped up. We need a hero. What's trending? Sponsored by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. You could argue that Jackson was the MVP of the game right there just for that shot alone, the willingness to take it and certainly to make it. BYU, they stave off that furious rally from Kansas State. They were up 17 in the second half. They were up 12 with five and a half minutes to go. It got to within two. But BYU does enough. They're now 5-5. Five five. They're tied for seventh in the conference standings. So, Jerem, because it got weird, I have to ask, are you concerned at all with the way BYU men's basketball is winning these Big 12 games? You're not going to be that picky, right? Well, boo-hoo, BYU almost lost a leap.
1: BYU won. It's hard to win, dog, uh, like at any level, any competition. Um, you know, and, and so, BYU winning a Big 12 game, yes. Did they almost blow a 17-point lead like they did against Texas yep. Tech? Yeah, they almost did. But what? they did They did it. They did not they, they did not. So we're not going to talk about what almost happened. We're going to talk about what happened, which is BYU made enough clutch plays down the stretch to win the game. Come on now. Um, by the way, this is a Quez Glover game. Why were we not talking about that? <laughs> Quez hasn't even played <laughs> for Kansas State, which is wild, right? A little preseason drama there. But, uh, yeah, he had a season-ending injury, right? So he hasn't played. The Quez Glover game. Uh, maybe we'll see him next year, hopefully. Um, okay, BYU wins the game. They make enough plays. Ali Khalifa's back, right? Down Hall did not have a great game at all. But BYU, you don't – is not reliant on one guy, right? Like if Dallin has an off game or Noah had a couple off games because he was sick. Yeah. You, this is a great team. This is one of the best teams that BYU's ever produced. They do not have a 17-point-a-game guy. Do they even have a 15-point-a-game guy? What's Jackson Robinson at right now? Is it like 13? Yeah. This is a team, Spence, and they got a nice team win. Uh, third straight season, BYU is five and five, by the way, in league play. This
0: Robbie one McCombs. feels
1: a little bit this different. This one's a than little different. Two. Yes, yeah. it is. Um, by the way, BYU's beaten this. This, according to Logan M. Nine three eight four, the four teams that Kansas has lost to in league, BYU has beaten. That Isn't is not weird. So strange. That's a weird one. Seventeen point leads. BYU's had. Four of those as the max lead in a game. Three and one in those games. Tech's Tech, obviously, the one BYU did not win. So you're telling me they've won the majority of those? In seven of the ten, BYU has created a ten-plus point lead. Five and two in those. So BYU's doing a nice job getting leads. Obviously, you know, you don't want to lose a big lead like that. Is it indicative of something in the future? I don't think so. I think BYU is playing good ball. Yes, it got weird down the stretch, but Cougars won the game. In the Big 12, I am not going to complain about a single win of one plus. It is hard to win in this league. Yeah, nor should you. And
0: it's just so tough to close teams out. This is not exclusive to BYU. Is that special. It's difficult to win games and they've had big leads and they've gone away. This is the majority of teams in the Big 12 conference. Let's just use Saturday, Saturday alone, across the conference as an example. Kansas gets up huge on Baylor. Oh, they're going to run away with this thing. They're on their home floor. The fog is rocking. What happened? Kansas had to hold on and win by three. Texas Tech, same scenario. Oh, the Red Raiders have one of the best home courts in America. They erased the 17-point deficit against BYU on that floor. It got super weird late. I know Houston trailed in the second half at Cincinnati, but Houston got up by double figures in that same half, and then they had to hang on. Against the Bearcats. Tough day for road teams, by the way. All the home teams won, except for Houston at Cincinnati. My point is, it's so tough to just win games. And yeah. this is not Come exclusive on. to BYU. Every team is going to have to battle. In the NBA, there is a phrase that's like, well, the run is inevitable. Expect, expect the dramatic comeback here. It typically happens in NBA games because there's a ton of parity. There's a ton of parity in the West Unless Coast. The or, West sorry, in the, in the Big 12. Yeah. And – Again, BYU, they did enough. I, I wondered, man, who's going to make the shot? They need somebody to do this. They have not really had a guy step up in similar weird games like this in years previous, but BYU, to your point, Jerem, they got a bunch of different guys, and typically
1: the hero. Don Hall's been the guy a couple times. It, yeah. it
0: shifts from player to player. And Jackson Robinson was that guy, and then Spencer Johnson put the nail in the coffin, great, channeling in Chick
1: Hearn. They were giving him a two. And he just took it and put it away. It was great. And the
0: game was over. So BYU now five and five. Does anybody care when it comes to the tournament selection committee that BYU had a 17-point lead, it got down to two, and they end up winning by six? They Nobody cares. They won't even know that
1: detail. No, that will not be a detail. Well, I don't know about that Kansas State win. They had not Yeah, hey, no, no, it no.
0: got weird. Got to win too
1: late. They held them off. You got to win that game, by the way, because going into that game, it's quad three. Is
0: you, it a quad two now?
1: I haven't looked this morning. Okay. But it, it probably it was is, right on the they, border. If they're top 75. Sure. Now I've got to look, Spence. You <laughs> compel me to look. 77, so it's still quite three. They're two, two spots out. Yeah. Okay. Let's not. Listen, we we a top five team right here. We can't complain about margin. You know, losers talk about margin, winners do not. Does winners Houston talk care? about winning, losers talk about how close it was. Does Houston okay? care
0: that they had to withstand a crazy rally from BYU and they barely won that game and, and that they barely beat Cincinnati. Houston doesn't care. We just took fifth in the
1: WCC last year. We can't be going on. Well, I don't know how we won against Kansas State. What are we doing? Come on now. <laughs> Topic two. Andy Reid and the Chiefs beat the Niners in the Super Bowl. Not heard. don't know if anybody heard this or watched. Um, mm. To get Reid and the Chiefs their third Super Bowl win in the last five years. What's Andy Reid's legacy now that he's done that? Well, he's now
0: secured himself, in my opinion, as easily one of the top ten NFL coaches in the history of the game, and that is a prestigious. Last
1: match. week you said he already was ten. I,
0: yes, like, but there's no doubt. I had so some people nothing, say, nothing, "Well, nothing? wait a second, Don Shula and Vince Lombardi, all oh, they came out and We have all of these like historic names. I'm like, look, I
1: get well, it. Name eight more that should be above that, Andy besides. That's an incredible fellowship. list for sure. There's Belichick seven yeah. and and oh well, yeah. Those are three. But Bill Walsh, ten,
0: blah, blah, yeah, blah. I Name me get six it. more. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. He has – there is zero question. Now the conversation turns to, is he top five all time? Is he top five? Right. It's unbelievable what he's doing. And, and not just with the Kansas City Chiefs. I know he didn't win a Super Bowl with the Eagles, but he won over 100 games with Philadelphia, and he went to so many NFC conference championship games and took his team to the Super Bowl. But now he's turned the corner. He's won three Super Bowls with the Chiefs, back-to-back. The first team in, what, 20 years to win back-to-back Super Bowls? Looks good in a now, tux thing. Yes, he does. Now they got a shot to win three in a row? A mm-hmm. 3 Pete? This is officially a they, dynasty. Yeah, Andy Reid yeah. is the coach of an NFL dynasty.
1: Yeah, three and five and in the modern era. I think it's there's more parity in the NFL now than there used to be. Like the Niners could go on a run and win – The first five Super Bowls in a certain amount of time. Steelers did it as well. There were dominant teams for a long time. We haven't had this kind of – there hasn't been a back-to-back, like you said, in 20 years. Think about the coaching tree of Lavelle Edwards, by the way. Because Andy Reid is clearly the greatest coaching pupil from Lavelle of someone who either played or coached with him. You think about um, Andy Reid, Holmgren, (laughs) Billick. They've also won Super Bowls, right? Um, Chow, Sark is the best college coach from BYU at the moment, right? We hope Satake uh, overtakes him at some point. Leach uh, didn't play or technically coach, but would attend meetings and was highly influenced, obviously, having uh, been an undergrad here playing rugby. Satake, of course, Whittingham, we don't like to admit it, but he is in that, he's been a really good coach. Uh, Among many others, that coaching tree is a Sequoia, bro. Like, that is impressive, and to see Andy do what he does, we love Andy as a person, we love him because he's our guy, the fact that Andy Reid gets a third in five years is just incredible. And he is Lavelle 2.0 in many ways. Yes. Especially when he gets knocked off his feet, doesn't make it a big deal in the moment, isn't a loud yeller, to Travis Kelsey, who in the middle of the game, gets after him for whatever reason. That was a weird moment. But that was a very Lavelle-like uh, reaction to that, where he just kind of took it, said something, but it was, didn't didn't – uh, accelerate certainly
0: didn't escalate the moment. The situation. Didn't escalate it,
1: and uh, very Lavelle-like in that moment. And the fact that he can manage his team in the NFL with so much success the is play- just oh. really fun to watch, and so happy for him. Have for Matt Bushman, who's on the practice squad, he gets a ring too. Uh, we'll show you some photos from that later. Pretty awesome. Yeah. The play calling,
0: yeah. the play calling on that final drive in overtime was just a masterclass. It was beautiful, and I know he's working with. One of the best quarterbacks of all time, certainly in his era, and Patrick Mahomes.
1: No one's won three before they were, 20, right, in their twenties. That's
0: right? unbelievable. Right? Like he really has taken the
1: reins. Shout out Texas Tech BYU. from,
0: yeah, from Tom Brady. Right, they showed that graphic of like them like running like a four by one hundred with the Super Bowl trophy. <laughs> yeah, that was, I like that one. That <laughs> and right. I was like, that actually makes a lot of sense right there. Most of those are pretty goofy. That one was awesome. I like that. Andy he just he deserves all the credit. Yeah. I felt my heart hurt a little bit for Fred Warner, Ugh, you know, because I was seeing the pictures from his mom Laura and his brother Troy. He had a like, pretty good game too. Crew. he played well again. He had a PBU in the
1: end zone yes. against Travis Kelsey. Like that was a great. They moment.
0: challenged Fred. It was it was best linebacker in the NFL against best tight end in the NFL in the Super Bowl in the biggest moment. And he, oh yeah, Fred was spectacular again.
1: By the way, the uh, the, the winning play call is corn dog, and they used it last year to beat the Eagles. Yeah, and then. Andy Reid said it was corn dog with some mustard. <laughs> yeah, Apparently,
0: but, Michael Hardman didn't know that they had won the game. Patrick Mahomes said yes, like during the post game. He didn't game, know. He's like, oh, because he I, played I for went the into, Jets. I I went into like running to the end zone. And we're all celebrating. He's celebrating the touchdown. He's like, bro, we just won the Super Bowl. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah.
1: Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's crazy. Because honestly, it's right. It's one play away. Either way, like if Fred Warner picks off a pass, it's over. over. Game over. And suddenly, Fred Warner would have been the MVP of the Super Bowl if something like that would have happened, by the way. He's one play away from being the MVP of the Super Bowl and the Niners win. It's tough. As a Seahawks fan, I'm not sad the Niners lost in any way, shape, or form, but I am sad for our buddy Fred, who has been to two and and, uh, hopes to get to some more in the future. Just got a
0: message from uh, a friend uh, who says, Spencer, don't be a prisoner of the moment, you young bucks. Remember the guys like Paul Brown and Joe Gibbs. I'm like, we haven't forgotten them. But what Andy, no, Andy Reid is doing. They didn't have to
1: deal with the the era we are in. What about George Hallis? Like, I know. If the, they're, they're legends. Does the immaculate reception happen if replay exists? <laughs> you know, like, they're just modern things like free agency yeah. um, yes. and replay and whatnot that just make it harder su- to sustain winning. And that's where... Andy is doing it. well. He has Patrick Mahomes. He's to be credited with how he uses Patrick Most Mahomes. Most great coaches have great could be, players. Should be credited with using Tom Brady effectively. How to
0: maximize that? Yeah. You
1: don't overcome uh, each other. You help each other. I'm not saying Andy Reid has surpassed Bill
0: Belichick and Vince Lombardi, but he's right there with everybody else, Jerem. He's right there with George Hallis and Don Shula. And all of those guys, he belongs in the top. Does he box. need to
1: wear a top hat and then you guys are a piece? <laughs> like, what's what's going on here? Does he need to wear a suit? Which, by the way, he wore the, what was it? Uh, who, who was the Chiefs coach? Like Hank Stram was his name? Okay. Like the OG jacket. Oh, yeah. Into the Super Bowl. Like the same one that was worn in the 60s in the first couple of Super Bowls that the Chiefs were in against the Packers. Wild. Pretty cool.
0: So happy Did for Andy right the, and Tammy yeah. and Matt and Emily yeah. Bushman. Really, really fun. And really happy for Taylor Swift because we all know how tough her life is currently.
1: <laughs> yeah, just real <laughs> just real hard. That's oh, rough. Man. Oh, I had to be on a plane no. from Japan the day before. I really actually rough. enjoy it. I think it's great. I, I'm happy. So I'll talk I'm, about planes and Taylor Swift. I'm That's happy for Travis
0: stuff. and Taylor. <laughs> Um, on to Mailbag Monday. Uh, I don't care. You ask the questions. We answer the questions. A lot going on over the weekend. Oh, busy. So you dude. can go any direction you want with this hashtag BYUSN on X, Instagram, Facebook. At Hapadoc on X asks, What role do you see Trey Stewart having going forward? Should Se- mention that, yes. Seemed like he brought strong defense against smaller Kansas State guards. So Mark Pope told me after the game, Trey did not know. He was not given a heads up, like, hey, you're going to play in this okay. game.
1: I, I looked into this. I was wondering if Dallin Hall was maybe under the weather a little bit. I was told he was not. Just didn't have a great game. It's fine. Whatever. Trey Stewart came in and did a nice job.
0: Yes, he did. Scored four points, had three rebounds, happy, an assists. Happy
1: for Trey. Big came steal. in, had a positive impact, and he spelled Dallin Hall for a few minutes, which honestly, how many minutes does BYU need from Trey? A couple here and there. Sure. Trey and had played. Juice.
0: Trey had played in total. Four minutes in yep. the first nine Big Twelve games,
1: and they were in the fir- uh, game two and three. Spence against Cincinnati and Baylor. Played, he hadn't really played since, so it was it was good to see Trey get in there. He had not now seen the court man-hide. since
0: early January, but yeah, had a nice impact. Way,
1: way to be ready, yeah,
0: exactly. Way to be Take ready. your moment and and run with it, and he did. Uh, but I expect more of the same. Don't, I mean, the question is, what role do you see like? Trey showed that he's, when called upon, he can bring some energy, he can do some things. Play some good
1: defense. For sure. Yeah, I mean, a he few, a need few to, minutes a game. He doesn't need to score either. It's just pl- come in, play great defense. It's like with the tiki. You're not looking for a tiki to score. Play great defense. Who re- do you need based on score. the team? Who don't do you need,
0: need based on the opponent you have and the matchups and all that? Sure. That will all determine what guys like Trey and a tiki do and
1: how much time they have. My, I, I'd be surprised if we don't see Trey for a few minutes. There you go. Which, speaking mm-hmm. of, are playing UCF tomorrow night? Hey, round two with the Knights. Let's go. Pre-game coverage at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We'll get you for BYU SN countdown tomorrow night. Another defensive juggernaut UCF. Up next,
0: former Cougar sharpshooter Jonathan Tavernari back on the show. How is he feeling after BYU's tough win on Saturday? And does he think BYU has to win both games this week? Stay with us.
3: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Foose dives low, wait, wait, up, and good! Khalifa
1: drives, running out. lay-in, that's good! It's Ali Khalifa! Now beneath the hoop and now take it right wing. Back to the basket, that's running
4: it. lay-in score with 14 seconds!
0: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live on a Monday in Studio B. BYU in the top half of the conference standings at 5-5, five this seems like their best chance to move above 500 this week with UCF in Provo and then Road Game question at Oklahoma early with the State. Oklahoma game. For, That's yeah, it's, it's right it's tomorrow, now. It's Saturday. And I think that the man who has moved into the Cougar Council room will agree with us. Jonathan Tavernari is with us on the show to break down. BYU I didn't,
1: basketball. I do not know Mr. Rogers, the Brazilian
0: Mr. Rogers. What's I there? love it. The vest is rocking, bro. <laughs> I,
3: between I'm being a wartime consigliere now, apparently <laughs> since I'm a advisor in the, in the room, and the Mr. Rogers, you know. But There's I, a lot going on. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it.
1: Okay, let's talk about uh, a little-known story where you actually got offered a workout with the Panthers, speaking of NFL. In the spirit
3: of football and the Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah, so I was, I was traveling back. From one of the seasons in between seasons and uh, uh, the team takes care of all of that stuff so sometimes you have two layovers sometimes you have one sometimes you have four and uh and one of my layovers i was on a flight i think it was from detroit to new york or something like that and i'm sitting down and start talking to somebody's track conversation and you know i i don't know football like that you know what i mean like it's and so I start talking, do introduce himself, Ron, and start chatting, As for my name, I tell what I do for a living, Then he starts looking YouTube videos of me playing basketball, and he's like, hey, can I pass by? I'm like, sure, go ahead, and I'm, I'm, I can't wait to get back to Utah. I'm not sure who this Ron is. I have no idea who he is, but I'm like waiting to get back to America, I want to enjoy my summer, it's, I'm done with my season, and comes back, he's like, hey, let me introduce you to this other guy. Uh, my name is Ron Rivera. I'm the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> and uh, this right here is one of my offensive coaches, tight end coaches. And I started talking with him, and he's like, hey, so here's my card. Turns around, writes me his cell phone number. He's like, hey, um, we're going to be in touch. You know, we would love to have you come to our facility and maybe try out to be a, a tight end. There are Six-six lo- six with good hands, JT. There are a lot of players, you know, that have made the transition and so on. And uh, I'm like, fine. I take the card. I just put it in my pocket. And I'm like, I can't wait to get home. Get me the Cafe Rio. I need to go to Tucano. (laughs) I am dying to get back to America. A few weeks go by. I think it's um, 4th of July or Pioneer Day. We all do a barbecue those days. And uh, I get a call. And I'm with my brother-in-law, massive football guy, right? And I'm like, oh, hey, hey, listen. I appreciate it. I'm not interested. Uh, Thanks, but no thanks. And I hang up. My brother-in-law's like, who's that? And I'm like some guy that coached for the Panthers. He's like, "What do you mean?" And I tell him the story and my brother-in-law is, and he's a pretty big guy and he's ready to like tackle me. <laughs> Say, "What are you doing?" Yeah. right? Take the child. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, "I'm like, bro, let's just go to Seven Peaks or something." Like <laughs> who cares about all of this, right? I need to get a workout in and I so love that. Yeah, but that's how that's how it went. And this is I think it was 14 or 15, so it was before they went to the Super Bowl, but Cam Newton was there. Yeah. And so, you know, what wow. could have been? JT,
1: what a huge mistake you made playing professionally
3: <laughs> successfully in Europe when you could have been a practice
1: squad guy with a
3: fan. That was my line of thinking. I'm like, I'm not going to stop playing in Europe to come yeah, and be a practice no, guy. No, no. But yeah, That's so.
1: funny, man. That's a great story. I love
3: that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Now
0: that the football and Super Bowl talk is out of the way. And again, yeah, that is a fantastic story that everybody needs to know. So I'm glad we went there. Yeah. Now we turn the page to BYU Basketball. And Jeremy and I were just discussing how weird it got on Saturday night late when BYU had a 17-point second half lead. It got all the way down to two, and then Jackson Robinson hits that massive three. Are you concerned at all with how BYU is closing out games? Because there's this rhetoric of, well, they just don't play well in the second half. Are you concerned with this?
3: So you made a fantastic point. Hey, it's hard to win games regardless of where you're playing, conference play. Um, but even more so in a Big 12. And then you pointed out it was a hard thing for road teams yes. and all of that. And so I get it. But I think what, to me, is if we need a bucket, we need an absolute bucket, is, and I'm glad that Jackson made the three-pointer because he he can get a bucket, um, is a three-pointer from the top of the key the very best play that we can come up with from a timeout. And I don't know the answer to that, right? Obviously, the the, the people in that room and coaching they know the answer to that. But I go I always go back to to my teams because you know towards the end of my career, Jimmer became Jimmer. But to your point, this is a team. They don't have a 15-point score and so on. So I go back to like my senior year or even my freshman year, where we could dump the ball to Keeney Young and then to Trent Place it and then to Lee Kamard And not necessarily an outside shot running a play. And so um, my so I'm not necessarily worried because I agree with you, but I would say is what happens in a conference tournament where in a neutral side or an NCAA tournament game where you just need to get a bucket, you don't need to go ahead, are we going to give the ball to Foose on the post? Yeah. Are we going to wait for Ali to just you know do one of their movements around the perimeter? So I don't think it's necessarily a problem, but I will say this. Um, the fact that Jerome Tang then puts them on blast and says, we knew we are going to go back in the game because that's what they do. That's how they play. Um, <laughs> I'm the type of guy – that if, you know, and I said before the season, you know, when BYU got picked to be like 13th or 14th, like yeah. you print that, you put on everybody's locker, you know, like it's grew and the Minions and you just cover <laughs> everything with, they let you back in the game. Because one of the things that I feel like our teams did is, even against the New Mexicos and the UNLVs, you know, and, and so on, was put teams away, at the Marriott Center especially. If you're up... 15, you go up 25. You don't go, you know, up five. So, to me, is you know, something that you have to pay attention, but not necessarily a concern now because it, it, it's a brutal conference. You know what I mean?
1: Let's answer uh, your question. I think, I think if Dallin Hall was having a better game, that it's clearly Dallin Hall in that moment. On a screen and roll, and you're creating, and if it's not him downhill, it's you're dumping off to Foos, and if it's something's open, you're kicking, you get yeah. an open shot. I think that's what it'd probably be. And Dallin, as a freshman, had some clutch shots, Which Creighton is- notably. Um, there were some others, right? That's probably what it is. But Dallin didn't have a great game. Yeah. So other people had to step up. And there probably could be. Like if Jack's got enough shots, he'd be a 20-point
3: scorer. Um, one point to that, and I agree with you. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember. Um, it's a blessing and a curse, kind of like Monk. I remember all these basketball plays. What was the play that they ran in the last possession to try to beat Utah? It was Dallin Hall. Dallin, it was a downhill. dump to uh, to Ali, a kind of the a mid post, high range, hand and, d- and hand off with Dalen. So I would you. was a with little he sped up in the ball. Yeah. Went out.
1: Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah.
0: Unfortunately, Richie Saunders is wide open in the corner for a three, which is the alternate option, but it just fell if out If he turns the corner, yeah. yeah. And, and if sure. he turns the corner,
1: maybe it's a layup. Yeah. yeah.
0: I like that the ball in the hands of Dallin Hall. I'm probably yeah. his number one fan. I, I think he, I think he is a largely underrated player. Yeah, he didn't play well, but again. This is a team, yeah. and there are a bunch of dudes that can lift other guys when they are not having a good game.
3: The one thing I would add to that is, and I, I know you guys mentioned before, I and I understand that if you would have um, add, you know, Atiki to the equation, there's 10 players playing. And I, Atiki, Atiki is probably the only one that we have. It's a true rim protector, right? Yep. Yep. But so far, he hasn't been needed. I think that between now and the NCAA tournament, he is going to be needed once or twice. Um, but adding to that, I don't see why Trey shouldn't be playing five to ten minutes a game.
1: So you want more consistency there?
3: What, but here's why. Because if you're taking away Dallin, who right now, who is the, the secondary ball handler? It's either Jackson Robinson, Robinson or Spencer if
1: Johnson. If it's not Trey Stewart.
3: But why not Trey? I feel like Trey could easily give you six, seven minutes where Dallin can go to the bench. You know, just catch a breeder, recover a little bit, and, you know, he can keep going and going and going. And it's probably,
1: what, two, three-minute stretches or something like that,
3: right? Perfect. And make him that he plays about eight minutes a game. Games that Dallin isn't playing as well, maybe he gets nine, ten, or 11 because of foul trouble or this and that. But then at that point, you also take the pressure out of Jackson of having to bring the ball up and then set it up and then running around to come and get a shot again. And so I, I think that maybe getting a little bit more consistency out of putting Trey in so you can give J- uh, Dallin a little bit of a breeder, I think that's a no-brainer to me.
1: Let's talk about this week. Uh, BYU is an opportunity here with UCF at home. It's going to be a tough game. It was a tough win on the road there. But you're at home, so you like your chances against anybody. And then you're at Oklahoma State, who has a couple of nice wins, but they're the team that feels the most beatable on the road. BYU's got to win both this week, right? Just get – Get a couple games above 500, give yourself some room here.
3: I, at the beginning, and I say this every time, um, at the beginning of the season, you said, hey, if we get 10, 11 wins before conference, then you probably need seven, eight, nine wins in conference, and then maybe one or two games in the Big 12 tournament. And then you said, I think if we go three and four in February, we're going to be set we are we have both of those things in place right yes. now yeah and so the three I think, and four of January set them up for something pretty good and, and then looking at the remaining schedule right with eight games you know they win against UCF at home then they win against TCU at home at that point to me one between Baylor at home and Oklahoma State on the road you have to win those
1: one okay. of these is not like the other though at Oklahoma State. And I, I think you gotta go with it. And I understand. You won at West Virginia, yes. you won at UCF. You gotta go win at Oklahoma State.
3: And to your point, you get a 20 wins, you're a lock to the NCAA tournament.
1: Then you're a lock. We'll talk about that coming up in the next segment. Because someone John Gasway of ESPN's like be always a lock.
3: JT, eh, I'm, i
1: they need a few more
0: wins. I'm ride with nine wins in conference. I think this team will ultimately end up with probably nine and nine and the record spot going into the conference If they're nine and nine. Then you have 21 overall wins. And now you're talking about a five or a six seed.
3: I I would kind of just, I agree with you, but I would present it in a different way. If they get to 21 wins... Then we might all be going to the game in Salt Lake to watch BYU. <laughs> By the way, Hema, amazing that Hema, that. Hema and I have already agreed. We have a pact. We're blood brothers now. Yep. <laughs> so I'm kind of part Polynesian now. Shout out to Hema Haymuli. <laughs> hey, yeah, our great producer. Hema and I are taking our shirts off, and we are looking <laughs> right now. We're recruiting. Which camera am I looking at? Hey, we're recruiting right now, me and Hema for a third person to join the BYU <laughs> on having our shirts off painted? and our bodies painted. <laughs> so the applications are open. DMs are open. Me or Hema, please uh, please tag them right now. So I, I agree with you. Are 20, you the B, the Y, or the U? Um, I don't know yet. So, us <laughs> go with the Y. Yeah. We're, yeah. You know, we're, be we're, good we're just that. Yeah. But the point is, if they got 21 wins, I don't think they're not only a lock, they're playing for a seed they might play in Salt Lake City. That's so that, fun. that's my perspective. So. We almost played in Salt Lake City my senior year. Oh, had we beat Kansas State. But that Kansas State team was loaded. Ended up going to the Elite Eight, but in
1: the it's... second round, which was in Oklahoma City,
3: yeah, in Big 12 country, in Big 12 yeah. country. I remember, incredible. Yeah. That that JT,
0: one? it's great to have you in the studio, I
3: man. I
1: Appreciate it, guys. Ali Farokhmanesh, right before or after that, Ali Farokhmanesh. That was against yeah. Kansas, which yeah. is crazy. Hey, women's hoops at UCF tomorrow. So Shep's getting that butter beer at Harry Potter Land. They're on their
0: first ever win streak after their first ever road win Two in Big 12 win play. Win
1: streak. Let's go. Six Eastern. You can listen to Shep and the gang on BYU Radio. And by
0: Gang, I mean just yet, because he's five. Oh, did he have a better weekend than maybe oh. ever in his life? Oh, it is amazing. The women winning on Saturday and then Super Bowl. Goodness, BYU men's basketball. We've been talking about the NCAA tournament and they're standing there. A heated exchange as well, and the most Big Twelve thing ever. All of those topics up <laughs> next in a loaded Cougar Whip round. This is BYU Sports Nation. The tractor. BYU Sports Nation
3: is presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner.
1: Blackouts, at the BYU game, Puka Nakua with Michael Irvin, of course, the awards. Andy Reid celebrating the Super Bowl, just some of the imagery of a, a great weekend for BYU sports. The Gatorade bath. Fantastic
0: for Mr. Reed, the GOAT, right now in the NFL. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer, he is Jerem. Let's roll out just a massive amount of headlines after a busy weekend.
1: Number 21 men's basketball beat Kansas State, 72-66 on Saturday to improve to 17-6 on the season. 5-5 five and five in league, Jackson Robinson 3 in the final minute with the game-winning bucket. Joey number 8 in the net, 12 in Ken Palm after the win. So it's UCF tomorrow night. Will BYU be ranked in the top 25 still? That poll out later today. I would think so.
0: Women's basketball won their first ever Big 12 road game, beating Cincinnati 69 57. Second straight Big 12 win, their first ever win streak. They're 14 and 11 overall, now 4 and 8 in the Big 12. Maybe they make it three when they take on UCF tomorrow. Lauren Gustin, uh, 21 points, 20 rebounds, you know, just another 2020 game.
1: Thanks, Barbara Walters. Amazing stuff. Kaylee Wilson had 20 points as well. Andy Reid and the Chiefs beat Fred Warner and the Niners in the Super Bowl yesterday, 25-22. In OT, the win gives Andy Reid his third Super Bowl win. Amazing. Fred Warner led the Niners with 13 tackles and a PBU in the end zone. No less.
0: Eighth-ranked BYU men's volleyball, as called by Jerem Jordan and Steve L, sweeping Long Island for a second straight match on Saturday. The Cougars nine and three on the season. Capono Brown led BYU with 14 kills. Up next, BYU opening up, Federation play in the MPSF against Grand Canyon on Friday. Grand Canyon is undefeated number
1: two, they might be number one. Beat today. the Lopes! Women's Volleyball hires Daniel Jones as an assistant coach. Jones is former head coach at Montana State. Spent last season at UNLV and notable previous stints at Utah and Utah
0: Valley. BYU softball opens the season with a 5-0 mark. Running the table at the Paradise Classic in Hawaii. BYU beat Nevada most on Friday, I should say, 8-0, thanks to two home runs from our girl, Violet Zavodnik. What an incredible player. Game one on Saturday in a rematch with UMKC. BYU won 3-0 thanks to a combined shutout. From Gianna Mares and Chloe Temples. And in game two on Saturday against host Hawaii, BYU winning dramatically 3 2, thanks to a three
1: run homer in the seventh inning from Ilana Agbayani. Big time hit right there. Gymnastics took second place in a quad meet at number one Oklahoma Friday night. Season high 196 2 5. Let's go. Cooks are at Kentucky Friday. BYU track and
0: field competing in both Seattle and New Mexico this weekend. In New Mexico, Sammy Oblad, Laney Jones, Annalise Hart, and Emily Ellis teamed up to break BYU's school record in the 4x400 meter relay. In Seattle, Megan Hunter ran the second fastest time in the 800 in women's program history, and Sebastian Fernandez ran the third fastest time in the 800 in men's program history.
1: Men's tennis swept UC Davis twice over the weekend. Women's tennis went 1-1, one one, losing to Utah, beating Weber State. In swim and dive, the BYU men's team beats
0: Utah thanks to pool records being broken from Brad Prolo in the 200-meter breaststroke Jordan Tiffany in the 100 fly and the 400 free relay. On the women's side, Mackenzie Long helped break two pool records. Long as a swimmer, I love that. Mm -hmm. In the 200 medley relay and the 100-meter breaststroke, but the women's team lost to the Utes.
1: Number six, men's rugby. Huge win over the weekend at Cal, the big rival, 53 to 26. Nice Let's
0: today. go. Former BYU football kicker Andrew Mickelson. Congratulations to him. He won his pro MMA debut by submission on Saturday night. Those are today's headlines. Now we get to an accelerated edition of
1: the Big 12 Basketball Roundup. Number 4 Kansas took down number 13 Baylor 64-61, 18th straight home win for the Jayhawks. That was big time. Baylor cut the lead late. Kansas holds on. It's going to be fun to see the Cougars In Allen Fieldhouse in a couple of weeks. Number five, Houston, holds on against Cincinnati on the road.
0: 67-62. Juwan Roberts had 20 points to lead the Cougs to that really really tough win. Houston improves to eight and three in the league. They're in first place. Cincinnati falls to four and six in Big 12 play.
1: Number 14, Iowa State, 71. TCU 59. Iowa State 14 and 0 at home. They are really good in Hilton Coliseum. Seven and three in league. TCU five and five. They host West Virginia tonight.
0: Iowa State's not the only team that has a hotel chain magic associated with their arena, right? It's actually
1: not the hotel, but will act like it is. It's just a guy named Hilton. It's true.
0: Number 23, Texas Tech beats UCF after the Knights rallied there, 66-59. The Red Raiders end their 3 game losing streak with this win. They're 6-4 in Big 12 play and host number 4 Kansas tonight on Big Monday on ESPN UCF also 4-6 and six in Big 12
1: play. You don't see a lot of blowouts in the Big 12. This was one with Texas and West Virginia 94-58. to 58. DeSue had 27. Ace Smith had 19. Past Oscar Robertson by the way on the all time scoring list. Fifth year. We need an asterisk in the books for the guys that get a fifth year. I'm not trying to discredit them. We just need to acknowledge those that didn't have an extra year uh, Texas 5-6 in the Big 12, West Virginia 3-7, plays at TCU today.
0: Oklahoma didn't play particularly well, but they did enough to beat Oklahoma State 66-62. The Cowboys led with five minutes to go, but Oklahoma able to pull away thanks to some clutch free throw shooting. The Sooners now 6-5 in the Big 12, Oklahoma State falls to 2-7 in
1: conference. I always think about Reese's Peanut Butter Cups when I see the OSU logo. I don't know, Is that, am I the <laughs> only one when I do that?
0: That's it for the Big 12 Roundup. Now to the Cougar Whip Round, presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner.
1: This video of the B.O.A. student section, the Royal Cougars, The Rock, got some love from the Big 12 on Twitter, Doug Gottlieb as well. It's the best student section in the Big 12, right? We've gotten a taste of this league. I think it's the best one. There
0: are some incredible
1: fan bases in this league,
0: no question. When it comes to just isolating the student section,
1: What's better than The Rock? It's the volume, it's the amount of people, it's the creativity, it's the- The buy-in, the sheer size. The gadgetry of, is that the right word? Of the free throw defense, if you will. Uh, The Rock's doing great work. They're they're top of the list as far as
0: student sections go. In our super biased opinion. All right, as mentioned, Joe Flacco, the NFL Comeback Player of the Year for the Cleveland Browns, joined his friend Dennis Pitta and Austin Colley. We've made time for Dennis. At the BYU-Kansas State game on Saturday night. Listen to this from my conversation with the three of them, and then we'll react in a moment. But hey, I I do want to say, how how about Joe using the term we when talking about BYU sports right now? He's been using it all night. He's a converted BYU fan. Joe, can we count on you to be a BYU best wife for the rest of forever?
4: As long as I'm here and I'm with these guys, why not? I love it here. I, I actually have a cousin that goes to school here, so you know it's a family university. Here we go. Is
1: One th- of us. One of us. us. Why can't Dennis pull his hands out of his pockets by the way? That's all what good. was that? All good. I gotta give him a hard time about something. Is Joe Flacco a pseudo BYU fan. Now? It's not pseudo. He's using we. He's one of us. Let's go. <laughs> BYU basketball's Mark Pope is coming up Thursday night, eight thirty Eastern, on the BYU TV app and ESPN Plus. Cougar's going to have a big game with UCF at Oklahoma State coming up on the weekend as well.
0: BYU baseball back to work this week hey. and we look ahead to year one of Big 12 hardball with head coach Trent Pratt and infielder Cooper Vest. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's baseball season. ball already. Let's go. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B. I'm Spencer Linton teamed up with Jerem Jordan. It's baseball season. That, oh. is, that impacted the wardrobe choice
1: today because I, knew I was going to wait till game day. I didn't know you were going today. Otherwise, oh, I would have gone.
0: And we bring in the head coach of BYU baseball, Trent Prant, one of his rising stars in Cooper Vest. Welcome to uh, the Cougar Council Room, gentlemen.
4: Yeah, thanks for having us. I
0: saw a hilarious tweet from the San Diego Padres last night, like right after the Super Bowl. And it was just like this lady crying, like happy tears of, and just said, "It's now officially baseball season." <laughs> do both of you feel that way? Like once the Super Bowl's over, it's like, okay, now, now it's go time.
2: Or, or does this begun long ago for you, Trent?
4: It's probably begun long ago for us. What do you got, Coop?
2: Yeah. I'm- as soon as the sun comes out in, the, in like February, we're like, let's go. There's nothing let's like play. taking
0: BP in 26 degrees in Provo, right? It's a little better when the sun's out, but 26 <laughs>
4: is fine. But
1: you guys you guys get out and play a really competitive schedule, obviously, uh, and you're headed down to the Cubs facility, Sloan Park. Uh, they're in Mesa this week for some big games start the season.
4: Yeah, we're excited. we got USC, Ohio State, and Grand Canyon, so. Just start nice and easy. Nice and easy. <laughs> hey, that's what we want. Um, we know what the league we're going into, yep. so we need to kind of be tested before we go into it, so. Um, it should be a lot of fun.
0: Coop, as you look at your team and uh, the guys around you and you know what's going to happen in Big 12 play, you're trying to take that next step. So where do you feel like the team has gotten better the most this specific offseason?
2: I would say the mentality and just enjoyment of being at the field every day because baseball is a, it's a pretty long duration of practice every single day when you're at the field. So this team's done a really good job of just enjoying being at the field and enjoying the work of it because – I think you got to enjoy the work to be able to perform under the lights, and this team's done a really good job of that.
1: Oh, if you don't love the grind of work, you should not play baseball, right? Like, it's baseball, very, it's every it day, games all the time, which is awesome. The rhythm of that is great. you got a couple of new assistants. Uh, yeah. Adam Law, who is high school basketball games and baseball games we used to call back in the day, and Tyler Coolbaugh. How are they integrating into the team?
4: Man, it's been awesome. It's been good to have them. Man, they they work like crazy. They're in there. I think the best thing has been for our players mm-hmm. to have those guys and man, they're young and have a ton of energy and excitement. And so I think when Coop says our players love being at the park, a lot of that's because of them. They're there and, man, they're available and kids like being around them. So and it's been awesome for me as well. But I know for our players, it's been great to have them.
1: Cooper, speak speak to that. Like, what have they added? uh, They're hilarious,
2: number one. (laughs) But like Trent said, their work ethic is awesome. They, They know how to specifically coach each individual on our team whether it be like our big first baseman or our quick little outfielders, like they know what they need in the box and they know what they need in the field and like Trent said, they're all ears to work at any hours of the day and night to make sure that we have what we need, but they have fun they have a lot of fun while we do it.:
1: I saw Adam play for the Mariners against Jacob Hanneman and the Cubs in. Sloan Park once and they both got a hit in there. So if you need some Sloan Park advice from Adam, he's the guy. He's gotten oh. a hit in that venue.
4: Uh, Hopefully it brings that magic this weekend. Let's go. <laughs> Let's yeah. go. Yeah, Absolutely. take it back. Yeah. Trent
0: Pratt and Cooper Vester with us on BYU Sports Nation. Speaking of the Big 12 upgrade, I'm sure you challenged your guys, Coach, to, to push themselves like never before. How have you seen their skill sets develop and are they ready to translate into Big Twelve play?
4: Yeah, I think they are. I know the big thing is just the work. Um, they know what's in front of them. I don't know if they know yet. We're gonna find out. We haven't been, a lot of them haven't played in that league, or none of us have. But um, myself playing in the SEC and playing in the Pac-10 a long time ago, it's every weekend. We're seeing that in basketball. We're seeing it in football. Yep. There's really not weekends off, and so that's kind of what Cooper said. The guys love being there. That's what's gonna take because it's gonna be a grind every weekend. There's really not a weekend off where I mean they're they're all every team is really good, and so just seeing that and and the competitive they have in each other like. Playing each other, it's getting a little heated sometimes, which is good. We <laughs> finally good to play somebody else, and so we don't have to talk trash to each other and beat each other up. We finally get a you know face another uniform, so man, it, we're excited.
1: Coop, you played in the Alaska Baseball League over the summer.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: What was it like playing baseball in Alaska? I loved it up there. It was obviously the first week or two, you're like, Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> after, you, after you finally get a suit up and yeah. get in the same box and on the same field as anywhere in the country when you play baseball, I think. That's where you start to kind of connect with the people in the game and it was unbelievable just, where where were you exactly i was in matsu so it was palmer alaska yeah like right around anchorage i know palmer beautiful area a lot like provo in these mountains like my front porch was a huge mountain yeah that's awesome so we were out in the boonies it was pretty fun very cool majestic for sure okay uh from both of you let's
0: talk about maybe some of the impact newcomers you expect to have uh, make a real difference for BOA baseball this year. We'll start with you, Coach. Like who are some guys that are off the radar that you think we'll be talking about very shortly into the season?
4: Yeah, I think we got Crew Robinson that came from UCSD from Long Peak High School. Um he, he stepped in, he's got a ton of experience, you know, played for a couple of years at UCSD and ready. Um, one guy that wasn't here last year was Colin Reuter. Was hurt all last year. He's back and healthy. Yeah, he's he's like kind of like a sleeping giant, right? Yeah, for sure. It's good to have him back and Man, a couple of young freshmen arms in, in Case and Bell and Maddox Peck. And there's, a, there's some new guys on the mound that should do a lot. Um, Cannon Dally, I'll, if I start to miss them, I'll miss some. But we're excited to have oh, them go good. ahead. We have an hour. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else we got? Who am I missing, Coop? Um, it, it's Breiker Herdsman. Like, there's a lot of new faces on this team. And a lot of guys that have something to prove, which is really cool. Um, we, know we know where we're picked in this league to finish. We posted it on our board. And Just going
0: to ask, how do you, how do you address hey, that? There
4: it is. Like, it's up to us. Our expectations are different than everyone else's. And so I, we want guys to look at that every day and walk in and say, this is what people think of us. And then we get
1: decide what we're going to go and do about it. I love that. Uh, over under three triples for you because you had three last year that led the team.
2: I'm hoping some big parks mean more triples, so that rises in plus. Gap. Yeah,
4: Four go, plus. I'm going four plus. Well, I'm going yeah, over. Yeah, let's go. Well, maybe it's less because it will mean more homers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. look at you. We'll go two triples and off the top rung. Two triples, more homers. Two yeah. two I like homers. Yeah. that. Yeah, okay. even better. A
0: net gain for yeah, sure. You cool with that, Cooper? I'm We're fine. about if total bases here. Just fine with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's finish with a quick scouting report on USC, who you open up against on Friday, and then maybe some commentary on Ohio State as well.
4: Yeah. Um, USC, it's an older group, a lot of guys back. Uh, the guy we'll face Friday night was, man, he's, he's picked to be the Pac-12 pitcher of the Year. So, I mean, they're good. Always good in Southern California, a lot of good players. And they're older group, they're coached really well. And so we just got to go out and think more and more about us yeah. and do what we need to do and, and compete like crazy and get a lead and, and hold on to it.
1: About time we called the other teams older. Okay. Yeah. About time, guys. We changed the rhetoric. No huge games coming up this weekend. Which, by the way, you can listen to all of these on BYU Radio. Dave McCann on the call. Check them out starting, uh, you know, Friday at seven Eastern Time, which is going to be awesome, guys. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having us. Appreciate you. Thanks Good luck. So
0: take all the BYU Sports yeah. Nation karma. Let's take and it. Let's go. We hey, are, that's a smile
1: turning. after a homer. Yeah. He's yeah. seeing the. That, that saw the ball <laughs> go out <laughs> of the park? I love that. It'll yeah. be better, if, you know. You have your jersey on Friday. I, I will have my jersey on Friday. Let's go. You got it, guy.
4: Thanks for coming in, guys. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you.
0: Up next, put a bow on today's show with more mail-back questions and who gets the rise and shout out after just an epic weekend.
1: This is BYU Sports. I
3: wonder who gets it. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
0: Welcome back to BYUSN, our elite mailbag question of the day, presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated, comes in from at playoff bogey on X, who asks, why have BYU men's basketball been able to make a much more successful transition to the Big 12 than BYU football with a much more difficult conference schedule, speaking of what Hoops has been dealing with?
1: I think continuity of roster helped a lot. Football oh, had sure. a ton of turnover. Yeah. You were trying to get guys that are first year in the system kind of uh, situation. With basketball, there were a lot of guys that were very frustrated about how the season had gone the year before. They worked super hard in the offseason. They were together. They didn't have a lot of newcomers. Basically, Ali Khalifa, and then unfortunately, Dawson Baker was kind of injured already at that point. So that team came together in a unique way. That they had the European trip. the, The European trip doesn't mean you'll be good. But it builds chemistry, and if you combine skill and work ethic with that and good coaching and whatnot, that has yielded what we've seen. But frankly, it's hard to know always. But I I look to continuity as perhaps the answer. The core is back. BYU only added five
0: players from the transfer portal in football this offseason because the core in large
1: part is back. Which on offense is super interesting, Spence. Because BYU was not good on offense, but they feel good about the group going into the year. I'm hoping yeah. that it, we, didn't, we were kind of in the same position with
0: basketball. It's like,
1: okay, there's not How a much, ton of news. Why didn't you add a it? Because they felt out. good about that group. I'm
0: hoping football can yeah. channel that basketball Please. mode. Today's Rise and Shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit wow. union of at BYU Athletics. We've got a few here.
1: Andy Reid, obviously, winning Super Bowl number three. Amazing. Congrats. Uh, it's a big red for that one. Matt Bushman is on the practice squad. He and his wife, Emily. Uh, daughter of Chad Lewis, so there's always that fun connection, right? Mm. Holding the Super Bowl trophy, pretty awesome. And then this post from CJ America on uh, uh, 11 on Saturday. It was a four BYU Cougar Sports attendance day for these Cougar fans. They went to swim and dive uh, to cheer on their niece, BYU women's tennis, men's volleyball, and men's basketball. That's incredible. That is really good. Nicely done. Yeah,
0: that's a busy day for sure. And uh, apparently they didn't have a Cougar tail at any of those events. And so that's the only mistake they make. Yes. Well, BYU Athletic <laughs> Marketing's like, we got you next hey, time up. on the house. Next time, We yes.
1: we got you. Hey, that's worth seven bucks. Let's
0: Absolutely. Go. Our Six boy bucks? Joel Marion's Something gonna like take care of I all know, of those so. guys. All right. Our thanks to today's guest, Jonathan Tavernari, and then the baseball duo Trent Pratt and Cooper Vest.
1: Uh, sorry to Dennis Spinner we didn't have time to talk to you, but we did hear from you. Yes. Yeah.
0: And your buddy Joe Flacco. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Steve Lindsley. We'll see you tomorrow for another live edition of BYU Sports Station back there in Studio B. Go Cougs. Congrats, Andy.